Welcome to Yippie Kaye Classic. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm Michelle Wojcikowski. You can call me Wojo or not. Whatever. I'm Brad Barrowi. I'm John Ajax Quattrucci. <laughs> and I'm Drew. All right, John Ajax. I'm Gold. Not sure. His I'm last not name sure. is Gold if you want to look it up, people. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pronounce for some people, though. I am not sure how quick I'm going to mute you, John, if you keep this Warriors thing going. But all right. We'll, it's a we'll bit, Ralph. It's just a playing. bit. It's a hell of a bit. A bit. Let, him, let him bit. Thank you, Drew. Bit. What You're year did that come out? 79? I think so. Okay. Before we talk about the film that I brought to the table, we'll do a little round robin of what you watch. I didn't really see anything because I was away. For a few days this week, so we'll just skip me. We'll start with I'm John. Sure something. Ajax, what'd you watch? This well, week? I watched uh, this movie called The Warriors that I just <laughs> love. Warriors, come up! But no, but seriously, uh, I got interested in the show on Netflix called I'm Sorry. It stars Andrea Savage, who's a stand-up comedian. Uh, Tom Everett Scott from That Thing You Do. It's produced by Will Ferrell and. Uh, his uh, Andy Samberg. Farrell oh. or Farrell? Farrell. Will Farrell. Farrell his name? or Farrell? So sounds anyway. Like, sounds um, like you're saying Farrell. So anyway. Know. Is it Farrell Fawcett? The guy from Anchorman. Okay. Um, That's Will Farrell. And it's uh, it's 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 really funny. Uh, she She's really funny in it. I've watched a season in two episodes. Uh, it's really, uh, it's all about her. Everyone else is just kind of a side character, including the husband, to bounce the punchlines off of. But it's very raunchy. It's R-rated. Uh, it's uh, they're a couple with one kid, and uh, and she's a comedy writer in, in the show. Uh, but but it's just it's it's so raunchy. Um, uh, but she's great, and she she was uh, she was in those TV show episodes. Uh, I think she played the agent's ex-wife or something. But if you get a chance, check it out. It's called I'm Sorry. It's on Netflix. It's really good. I really liked it. And I watched The Warriors. Good. Uh, uh, That's good. A little research. You do a lot of research, too, for The Warriors? I actually did uh, a day of research uh, because I I always like to bring something to the show. But I'm adaptable, Ralph. It's what I do. Uh, Wojo and Brad, what'd you watch? Watch. (laughs) Come on, guys. I finished Sons of Sam. (laughs) Oh, Um, nice. Serial killers. Uh, yeah, and I enjoyed it. I watched the last episode of The Handmaid's Tale, which is really good um, for this season. And I, I'm still watching Wild Wild Country, and I'm not sure what I think about it yet. It's How many fun. episodes are you into Wild Wild Country? Four. Wild Wild Country. Where is that it's, on? What's that it's on? A, it's on um, Netflix, and it's about it's, the Bogwan. The what? Bogwan. Do you remember they took over Antelope? Um, out west. Out west. And then they did like a bioterror attack on the community that they were trying to take over. It's a pretty crazy story. Yeah. I've never heard that. I've never heard of it. Yeah, it's funny because the show begins. It tries to make that like the local people were all these xenophobic, paranoid idiots. But then it shows there was a reason why they were xenophobic, paranoid idiots because these people were legitimately like doing chemical war, you know, biological oh, warfare on them, you know. So, wow, it was a big case back like '89. I never heard. Shall I have a question for you? What did you think in the end of Sons of Sam? Did you buy? Do you think the guy went too far? Do you think his his theory was sound? I think it gave me enough to think about and to wonder, and I think that there were enough people who also um i think i think it's a possibility yeah. i really do i i think that there were probably a couple people involved in it um the whole satanic cult thing i mean that was big back at that time whether it was done being done or not it was being talked about a lot so i found it fascinating anytime there's something that makes me think and brings up a different angle i think that's that's worthwhile so was it that way? I don't know. But it, it, it made me think enough. So, Brad? Did you watch? Did you watch anything else? No. 
Okay. okay. Uh, really. <laughs> That's terrific. Drew, Drew, what do you got? Well, the first thing I'll mention is something that I didn't watch yet, but uh, I don't know if you guys remember. We talked oh, about Oh, by it the way, let me back up. This is literally, officially your one-year anniversary, right? This one? Yes. You brought Tomorrow that up last is the actual week. day, but right. today is the I can't believe we've done a year of these. That is quite amazing. John, you came on a little bit before that. Yeah, but we didn't celebrate it, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> That's <laughs> We'll, we'll, well I'll back. say I'll say um you're welcome. And <laughs> if you recall in what we do in the shadows, there was a scene where these two police officers come uh to investigate and they yeah. get uh basically um hypnotized into not seeing the actual dark magic monster stuff. Well they got their own television show called Wellington Paranormal, which is finally <laughs> coming to America. It will be on HBO Max starting july 12th um it's by the same people it's supposed to be very funny i have not seen a frame of it but i hear good things so i'm looking forward to that and then i watched a bunch of good stuff a couple shows that i really like came back like dave which is on fx on hulu and evil second season on paramount plus (gasps) there's second season of evil yeah just premiered check it out oh uh, that's very good awesome it's very good show it's very cool it's very um and apparently because they moved from CBS to Paramount Plus, they have a little more leeway with the dark things. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what that looks like other than, I guess, boobs and blood, but that's fine. <laughs> um, and well, I, like that. I, I watched a couple of new shows um, that I really liked. One was Physical, um, which is new on Apple TV Plus. Uh, I got the seven-day uh, trial. Not the John Travolta with- Jamie no, it's with Rose Byrne. Oh, yeah. It's a woman who's having uh, some troubles in her marriage. She's married to Rory Scovel, um, who's, I love him. And uh, it's about uh, her struggling with her eating disorder and maybe aerobics will help her or hurt her. And it's actually. Really oh, good. I heard about that one. Really good. And Hacks, the Gene Smart show on HBO. We were watching I just that. finished that last night. It's very funny. But the one I really liked uh, is not new. It started in 2019 and it, it really touched my nerd heart right in its cockles Um, for all mankind, which was a launch series for Apple TV plus with Joel Kinnaman, which is uh, an alternate history show by Ronald Moore, who did Battlestar Galactica and Outlander and worked on Star Trek next generation. And uh, basically the Russians got to the moon first. And then what happens next uh, in, in this alternate version of history? Um, I think if you don't know anything about the space program, it's it's a good series. It's entertaining. If you love that stuff with your big nerd heart like me, it's really cool to see what they do and what they play with and how they change things. And even the things that you know, like that people landed on the moon and all that stuff, uh, it, there's real suspense and real drama with it. So that's the one. Uh, the second season, I think, just ended a couple of months ago. So I have more of that to get into. But uh, if you're a nerd, you really should be watching For All Mankind. Is that that's on you said Apple TV? Apple that's on Apple TV also. Apple, yeah. Okay. yeah, we don't get all the services, do we, baby? Yeah. yeah. That one's only five dollars a month. So if our week trial is um is up and we still want to watch physical, which I think we will, then I'll keep it for another month. Hmm. All right, Sean, Debbie. Well, Debbie, we, we watched um you know, what is it, Dirty John last week, mm-hmm. and we didn't watch season two because we had to pay for it. But then Debbie turned it on. And we we and when it, it was free, free so and guess what? It all tie, ties into Fatal Attraction. Yeah, well, it, it really does. This I one mean, Betty, this Betty. Uh, oh my gosh, we're watching uh, it. I haven't seen it. <laughs> Betty Broderick. It's Betty the Betty Broderick. And I didn't story. know Betty no Broderick story. I, I remember the name, but I didn't know precisely what the deal was. Sean came out. We're watching it, and he comes out and Google's it and finds out. So I'm thinking, oh gosh. This is so familiar to me in so many ways. It reminds me of my second husband. And um, I'm you know, the third. He's, he's the third and the fourth. <laughs> I'm the third place trophy. Trophy <laughs> husband. Oh, yeah, he's my lady. trophy. <laughs> yeah. He usually pulls his shirt up and shows his muscles. Hmm. You know, his big muscles. Uh, you don't, don't. You don't have to. No, he doesn't have to. Okay. You don't have to wear a red dress anymore, Ross. That might, that might get us a couple of likes. Yeah, that's not that's streaming on Netflix, right? Uh, I'm not sure where it's streaming. Part two, but this Betty is so powerful and so oh, it's so heartfelt. I mean, for me, I I just see her and I like oh. I think she's sympathizing with her too much. Oh my god! I think I I really I put my my mindset on her and I just 
you know, I love this character, and I know she's going to do bad things. I, we only watched, what, two? Yeah. And I stopped myself because I really want to savor it. Because And I, also that I want to, like, it just brought up so many things in my, you know, my psycholo- psychological Makes stuff sense. that it really, I have to take some time with it, you know. Because oh, wow. it's really in there deep. So while she's taking time with that, I've been watching some Steve McQueen. Watched, um, I got the, uh, a Blu-ray set has, um, Cincinnati Kid, which I think is the best poker movie where, you know, Edward G. Robinson. And we finished up watching The Getaway yesterday, which is really terrific. I didn't like it. I I don't like that movie. Yeah. There's some dark aspects to it. I just don't like it. It makes me sick. I think the ending of it's very sweet at the end. Like car sick? Yeah. Like physically sick? You know what? It makes, it makes my whole stomach like. You know, the Sick. part where Sally Struthers' husband hangs himself. That's that really upsetting a... me. Oh, yeah. You should see that in the, the remake. <laughs> yeah. They really, they abuse that poor bastard in the remake. Yeah. It so makes, it just, it just hurts. You know? Everything else about the movie is lots of fun. It's the good old days when every car, every American car was a muscle car, you know? Like nowadays when they have like a race movie, it's all these like odd brands of cars and all back then. You know, all these this, cars had that horse. This episode brought to you by Fast and Furious 9. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you compare like the getaway with real vehicles, comparing it to something like Fast and Furious, it's like, sure. it's Fast an and Furious is a, is a superhero movie set. That's all yeah. it is. Those they, cars can't, as, as we found out, that poor kid got killed. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know, anyway. So that so, was that the movie. After he and Allie hooked up, that's when that's they, where they hooked up. She was married to Robert Evans, Robert Evans, the head of Paramount. He made her make that movie. Yeah. And he regretted it. That's why Coppola wanted him for uh, a part in Apocalypse Now, because he knew it would piss off Evans. But uh, <laughs> McQueen didn't want to go over the in the jungle for that. Yeah. Long to play <laughs> the part that Martin Sheen ended up playing. Okay. That's that's what I'll talk about. I went down this rabbit hole of Apocalypse mm. Now. Um documentaries and uh really makes me want to see the film again which yeah. version um the real one not no that not the not the, not the remaster, not the one the redo there are three of them i know there's a bunch of them i, I have a laser disc so that'll be the first that'll be the original one the first theatrical one. one was definitely the strongest um i just liked all the backstory and and the way coppola put that thing together and it just it made me really want to watch how it came movie. together I mean, how did that movie even come together? Yeah, that it came together. That's the story. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing what he pulled off and how he pulled it off. And the other thing I just found out, I never, I, I haven't watched all of American Horror Story, but I found out season nine, there's like Camp Crystal Lake. It's kind of a It's 80s. so fun. Really? Yeah. It's really yeah. fun. It's, yeah. it's very 80s, very. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I think I'll I want to check that, that out. It's so. less serious than um, some of the, the, others. the more yeah. recent seasons. Yeah. It's still bloody and has murder and, and, yeah. and magic yeah. and stuff. It's really good. Oh, it's really okay. fun. All right. Bloody with boobs or just less serious murder. I mean, it's still on television. So okay. you, there's well, basically there's no nipples, if that's what you're asking. Oh, for... Speaking of nipples, let's talk about the film uh, that I got to bring, which is 1987's classic Fatal Attraction. Now, I'm not quite sure it was a classic when it came out. It was a cultural phenomenon when it came out. Yeah. I think I think retroactively we're looking back and it's a classic. Came out in 1987. What's that? It was a big, it was it was a big, big hit. hit. It was a, a big hit. hit. Yeah. A huge hit. We're going to talk Word about, of mouth hit. We'll talk about that. It saved a lot of marriages from what I understand. A lot of people were completely flipped out. Uh, uh, 97, directed by Adrian Lin, who directed classics like Nine and a Half Weeks, Flashdance, Indecent Proposal, Unfaithful. He seems to have a theme in his uh, yeah, I was <laughs> thinking his movies, which uh, which is great. And and I'll say, um, it's a beautiful film. A look that led to an evening. We were attracted to each other at the party. That was obvious. You're on your own for the night. That's also obvious. A mistake he'd regret all his life. And where's your wife? Daddy! Honey, oh, God, I'm... And you're here with a strange girl being a naughty boy? I don't think having dinner with anybody's a crime. I've got to see you. This is going to stop. No, it's not going to stop. It's going to go on and on. She keeps calling me apart. Hello? Every time Beth answers the phone, she hangs up. I'm scared, Jimmy. You play fair with me? Do you have an affair with her? 
play fair with you? I don't want to lose my family. Why could you do that? You're scared of me, aren't you? You're afraid. Gutless, heartless, spineless. If you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. You understand? Daddy! I'm not going to be ignored. Alicia, where's Ellen? She's gone. Whatever resentment she's feeling, she's probably got it out of her system. What if she didn't get it out of her system? What then? Fatal attraction. I guess he thought you'd get away with it. Well, you can't. Forget what's going on in the film. It's beautifully shot. The scenes he shoots in the apartment, the scenes he shoots in New York City are just really, really, really nice and uh, frame it, frame it quite well. But I think everybody knows, you know, the classic uh, Michael Douglas Boy plays, girl. Michael Douglas plays Dan Gallagher, has a little flirt, flirty with um, uh, Alex Glenn Forrester Close as Alex Forrest, Glenn Close, who nobody wanted to uh, nobody wanted her to play this part. She kind of had to prove that she could do it both with her looks and acting the part that she had to act she took the script to a couple of psychiatrists to say is this is this legitimate what this woman's going through is there something that's you know and they and two of them both agreed that yes this is definitely uh you know there's a lot of mental illness in this film that wasn't talked about i think when the film came out because they played her off as such a uh a villain uh and really that's the whole point of the film ultimately is that that there's a bunch of villains in this film Michael Douglas is the villain to me. I, I agree with that, but the, particularly she came out, and, and you know, I don't know if you guys know about the alternative ending of this film. No, that would have no. made yeah. it a completely different, darker film. Oh my I God, think. is it cinema paradiso all it over no, again? No, he, they <laughs> it was shot never it. released. It was they never shot released. it, and they did test screenings, and they decided to go with the ending that they created. Glenn Close fought it right up until the day she had to shoot it. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, the actress uh, Ann Archer didn't want to do it either. Michael Douglas said, as a producer, you know, he's he's got a producer's mind. He's like, look, our screenings are going terrible. They don't like what happened at the end. I'll explain what happened at the end of the other the other one. Did they make her get together with Ducky? Was that what happened? <laughs> Ducky. What what is that? Right? Is that pretty in pink or something? Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't. Know if you so the end, like 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 Sean and I were talking before we get on. That would have been a great ending. There's that whole Madame Butterfly theme that goes on in the in the film, right? So the 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 alternate ending. Everybody knows how this movie ends with Ann Archer shooter in the tub and all that. The original ending was Alex goes home and kills herself with the knife that they had that fight with. Literally slices her throat. And when the detectives get there, his fingerprints are all over the knife. And he gets dragged away and goes to jail for her murder. Oh, yes. I would have loved that. That would have been a great ending. That's right. But audience (laughs) is obviously the cathartic ending. Cathartic. Cathartic. Cathartic ending that we had is what everybody wanted. So anyway, we all know this film. Um, And I agree with Wojo that the villain of this film is Michael Douglas. Now, obviously... You know, there's a term called bunny burner in the UK for for women who are clingy and all this stuff. I mean, obviously, it was a cultural phenomenon. And and as John showed us, he sent us that link to the uh, Saturday Night Live thing where Alex Forrest is in a in a therapy group, a group session. Very <laughs> mm-hmm. funny. So it became very iconic, this kind of I won't be ignored thing that she was doing. And uh, I want to talk about and Woja, we can start with you since you brought it up so quick. The the theme of him being the villain. And 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 what he did to, to for all this stuff to happen, it really all was his fault. I mean, it obviously, was. they're two adults. They're they're you know they they agree that they're discreet and all that. But he he. So go ahead. I want to hear. Yeah, she thing. lied. She was not discreet. <laughs> well, she was discreet. She just a little clingy. Go ahead, Woj. Um, I I see Michael Douglas as the villain in this because, you know, and and let me say this. When I first saw the movie, which was a while, long time ago, um, I, you know, as everyone else, I thought, oh, well, that Glenn Close, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, you know, if you go out, he went out, he screwed someone out of out of his marriage with a stranger. You know, basically, it wasn't like it was someone he was having a, an affair with, a long term thing. You know, you yeah. you you takes your chances. You know what I mean? Right. And I think they made 
Glenn Close, the villain. And quite frankly, she had mental illness. He didn't know that. She right. she whacked out and, you know, he had no idea what he was getting into. And it's his fault. You know, it, it's absolutely his fault. So, so Debbie, you're shaking your head no. So it was okay he had an affair? No, it certainly wasn't. He doesn't deserve to die for it. No, you know, I mean, I during the time, the eighties. You remember the eighties? Barely. But I mean, when you were in the eighties, you know, it was a whole different world out there, and we've had, I mean, mistakes. You make mistakes in your life. You know, I certainly have made my fair share of mistakes. But as far as seeing him as a villain or, you know, going to be worthy of getting blamed for her death, here it is, uh, Perfect Good Woman again, perfectly, what was that movie we we watched? Promising Young Woman. Oh, man. Promising Young Woman. This is the same theme, you know? She didn't go out looking for trying to prove anything. She was just, you know. They both agreed that we're adults and let's go have a, you know, fling. but he didn't have to. He didn't have to. Getting punished for some kind of sexual activity. But, you know, in, you know, in reality, you know, sex happens. You don't have to be married. I mean, just, you know, it doesn't make it right. Well, again, it came out in 87. I don't know if AIDS, AIDS was still pretty heavy in in, in the 80s, right? There was also that thing, you go out and you fool around, there's a potential you're going to get AIDS and die. I mean, this was sort of an allegory for that, too. Mm -hmm. And Um, and the thing is that, you know, I I still am going to see him as the villain in this. I just am. You know, he brought it, he opened up his life, himself, whatever. I don't care how, how small it was. But, you know, when you're an adult, when you're a grown-up, you make choices. He made a very bad choice. And because of that, you go with the consequences that come of it. I mean, we're not talking like a 15-year-old. You know, we're not talking a 20-year-old. We're talking a grown-ass man who had, who was married and had a kid. You know, and if he can't, you know, keep it in his pants... That's the way it goes. I'm sorry. It's just that's just how I say it. Uh, no, I don't disagree. But things happen, and uh, you know, sometimes mistakes happen. And, and what? Go ahead, John and Drew. I want to hear. Go ahead, John. You're shaking a lot. Well, I think um, as far as gang violence, it really uh, after this movie came out, it really increased the gang violence. It's a poor tenant imitation, and I wasn't happy about it. Uh, <laughs> I knew, I, you know, when I Warriors. when you picked. When you picked this movie, I knew exactly where this was going to go. So I want to talk about the fact that this is a misogynistic movie. Uh, and as, as a, a lifelong feminist, I think it's uh, the way he treated her and the way they treat women who are career women. That's what this is really an allegory about. If you want to be a career woman, we're going to take you down. No. So let me tell you what I really think about this movie. Um, oh, there's no there's no punchline to that. Joke? No. First of, all, first of all, Glenn Close who never played anything like this. If you look she at her great. roles prior to this, she played Mother. Her she first played role? Her Be- first no, role. No, it wasn't her first. No, I'm Garp, saying her first Garp. role was Garp, right? Where she played it was a theater like a actress. Seven-year-old woman or something. And every other actress in town, well, half of them wanted this role more than anything. Half of them wanted nothing to do with it because they said, you can't make this uh, script. And she, she uh, kept uh, fighting for this role, and they wouldn't let her read for it. Because they said, look, we don't want to bring you in here. You're an accomplished actress. We're not going to hire you because you're just not right for this part. And she agreed to do an on-camera audition. Because she says, I don't have an ego about auditioning. I mean, I want to show them that I could do it. And she said, "The but if I'm going to do that, which was very rare for someone like that, I have to do it with Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas agreed. But they all said... It's kind of futile because you're just not right for this part. And within 20 seconds, she had the role. Uh, and she came in looking like she was in the movie. She, you know, teased her hair up. She looked very different than she normally looked. So, so from that perspective, uh, her performance is just amazing. And, yeah. and she never looked at her character as the villain. No, she did not. She never looked at it that way. Uh, now it turned into that. Now also to clarify something, there were three endings. 
The first ending, he gets arrested. He goes to the electric chair. That's the end. That was nice. the original. The second one, they brought in Nicholas Meyer to redo the ending. And that ending, he gets arrested. The wife finds the recording that she made when she talked about killing herself. She brings it in as they're about to electrocute him. That's the second ending. The third ending is the one that was in the movie. Michael Douglas is the one who said, because in all the previews that they did, people were into the movie. And the thing about Michael Douglas's role and why Brian De Palma was originally supposed to direct this, and he said, if Michael Douglas is the lead, I'm not going to direct this, so it's him or me. And the two producers, Michael Douglas was there from a five-year period when they started developing the script. They said, well, you're out. We're going to stick with Michael Douglas. Why didn't he want Michael Douglas? Because he said he won't be sympathetic. And the reason why the movie worked as well as it did, other than Glenn Close's performance, is because the mistake that Michael Douglas made, the bad thing that Michael Douglas made, ultimately throughout the movie, he becomes a sympathetic character. He did. Even he though he did something bad. That's why the movie worked. It wouldn't he have worked became any an every man. So, little, but it wasn't just the everyman. Now, the, the last yeah. thing I want to say, the ending. The previews were fantastic up until the ending. They hated it. They said the the room went, the you mean air the other was let out of the cell. The other two endings. The other yeah, two. Michael Douglas said, look, we need a different ending. They, they want to see her Pay get her it. comeuppance. Right. And the comeuppance specifically was the line in the movie when the mother says, if you come after my family again, I'm going to kill you. That's what they wanted to see. Right. And Glenn Close fought it and fought it and fought it. She did not believe in it. She didn't want to do it. She thought it was wrong for the character, but she did it. And if you look in the scene, she's all in. It's not like she didn't try because she didn't want to do it. And it's why the movie ended up being a hit. That's what the audience wanted. They wanted to, they wanted the breath at the end that it's over. And that's and why, how they go. And John, why they wanted her to be punished. Number one reason. Well, you look, took the six-year-old to a. That, that's the thing, and Sean said it coaster. earlier. You okay. can certainly, you, you can certainly call Michael that. Douglas the villain, but go. you can't say that the punishment. That's, that's the biggest the crime. Don't bring the kids. She went after the daughter. She went after the wife. Yeah, she went after the she rabbit. killed the rabbit. The rabbit. And then in, in the original ending, he gets electrocuted. Now so listen, here's my theory. That about would have been great. Oh my god, about the rabbit. Okay, now you guys don't, you might not remember this, but an old test for pregnancy was rabbit the kill test. Right. The rabbit. Yeah. You remember that, you guys? It was a movie. Billy Joel. Billy Joel sings I know of it. Okay, so this was a test. So you, you, you have the blood and then you put it into a rabbit. If it has the HCG, which is a human chorionic graphic um, uh, we trust stuff. you. <laughs> I can't remember half of it, but this was an old test that I that we used to do. So I mean, not I didn't do it; I was an, antiquated by the time I was in med tech school. But there was a test, so you killed the rabbit, and that was so fascinating that they used that uh, metaphor, you know, of killing the rabbit because she was supposed to be pregnant. You don't mess with children like that. You right. don't take a six-year-old and put him on a Dagon, uh, and a six-year-old was good too. The way she reacted. Yeah, and we've got a six-year-old. Forty-one now. Yeah, I saw um, it at documentary. <laughs> one other thing. One other thing I want to say about the director. Uh, the only thing that was shot on a set, and it were it actually wasn't a set, but the tub scene at the end. You know, they had to have a you know like an like a aquarium so they could look yeah. inside it. All the stuff they filmed, there were no sets. He doesn't believe in sets. So everything was done. Every shot was on location somewhere, which made it, if you, if you heard the documentary, the crew, it was very difficult for the crew because in New York, everything's small and cramped. So they had trouble getting in all the equipment and all that stuff. But, uh, like even the, even the, um, the sink scene, their first sex scene. Yeah. It was originally shot for the bedroom. So all the camera equipment, all the lighting is all in the bedroom. The director's talking to uh, one of the set guys, or the cameraman, I think it was, yeah. And they're talking, like, for 45 minutes while they're setting up. And that was an on-the-spot change. He goes, look, I don't want to shoot that, because that's what Adrian Lyon does. Yeah. He goes, let's shoot it over here. I think it'll be more passionate 
and uh, a little interesting. So that's the kind. That's what that shoot was like. The entire. Well, shoot. and if you think about that scene, this first sex scene where she's reaching back, her idea to get the water. Yeah. Right. And, and then they have the fight scene in the same kitchen. Right. Same thing happens. They lean up. They're banging against that sink, and she's pulling water's coming up. I mean, it's just an amazing, uh, smart movie making. Yeah. Um. You know, Alex, you talk about the kidnapping of the girl. Uh, you know, the woman was mentally disturbed. Yeah. Okay. Which is, I'm not, you don't excuse what's going on, but I mean, that was part of what. <coughs> you what, understand that, but you don't. You, I, I got yeah. it. I got it. So, Drew, what do you got to say? Anything? Well, I, I mean, there's there's two things with this movie. First of all, Glenn Close has spent the, the, the 30 some years since this movie um, reject, re- regretting that ending, saying this character's clearly not well. And it doesn't excuse her actions, but the way that the movie ends leaves her with no sympathy. And the way that the movie ends also, I think, is disappointing for a movie because it's one thing for the audience to say, I want something to happen, but she, she becomes like a, like a Jason, Freddy Krueger, Michael Myers type of monster. Yeah. And yeah. the, the whole thing about the movie, if it, like, I don't really care for the movie, but if you like the movie, it's because it feels real because it feels like real people, real emotions real danger and the real danger of like somebody taking your kid uh breaking into your house all that stuff that's all terrible but you could all imagine it that at the end she turns into like a, a literally a, a cartoon monster type of thing almost yeah it's just silly is she dead no right. she's not dead but know? that's the only reason the movie was successful no i know yeah, I'm, yeah, and yeah, I, I, I get exactly. it it was a 14 know, it was not- a 14 million dollar movie that made 300 yeah. some million dollars and, and he's made the movie several yeah. times more right. he made unfaithful Same Adrian thing, line yeah. and his new movie is called deep water it's a patricia highsmith novel uh with ben affleck and anna diarmas and it's about um a, a married couple who uh permit each other to have extramarital uh, affairs and then there's murder so it's the same movie again yeah. Yeah. so and he made lolita oh, so we know we know what he's into movie. but he has not made a movie in 20 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. I'm curious to see what he does. Well, he has, Patricia Highsmith like is, is talented Mr. Ripley, and you know, that's, that's a, she's a wonderful writer and storyteller. Years. Yeah. He wow. was supposed to direct The Town, and that fell apart oh, I didn't know that. after years. And then he was going to do a movie with Nicole Kidman for years. They were developing it, and it fell apart. So, you know, because to me, the most amazing – well, before I get to the movie, let's say a little bit of Adrian Lynn, because he was very Ryan. hot, and he had his wheelhouse – and his movies were making money. Even Nine and a Half Weeks didn't do well at the American box office, but it was a monster. Well, oh, he also did Flashdance. Yeah, Flashdance. Yeah, it was a huge hit. You know, so, I mean, but for a guy like that, and I saw most of his movies in the theaters, you know, including this one, strangely. And I, um, I was 11. Yeah. And then it's so odd because it's like, what the hell happened to him? I was wondering if it was a scandal, but it was just typical Hollywood. You know, you're working on a picture. And it falls through, you know, you've worked on it for five years and then it doesn't happen. Then you, when that happens two times in a row, suddenly it looks like you're retired. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I saw this film. I really didn't see uh, my, my complaints the same is, is Drew's complaint is that, um, it becomes a different movie in the end. And the original ending, whether it was happy or not, at least would have worked because everything in the script builds to the moment. To the Madam Butterfly moment. Yeah, Ralph, what you were addressing earlier was the Madam Butterfly. It's so like so powerful, but you know, what do you say about that? Well, how did that change our culture? What what you what it changes that people movie? didn't want to cheat on their wives? Yeah, this movie. I mean, that became a thing. Alex Flores. That became a thing. You know, the clingy woman. The I'm not going to be ignored. You know, it's it's a spoof. It's not. It's a me. It would have been a meme back then, right? And uh, yeah, I just life. really freaked guys out. I remember this. Well, Glenn Close kept get, getting letters from women saying, "You saved my marriage." Thank you. I mean, she was literally getting <laughs> letters oh. from people saying, "It's good when you can help people." Nobody wanted to step out. I mean, and you know, I I, I have a different. I want to when you guys are done. I want to have a little appreciation okay, about Michael about Douglas. You. But go ahead. Well, I do want to say one another thing before we to the movie itself is that Michael Douglas has made a. Tremendous career of playing unlikable people. I, I guess you was, got yeah. Gecko from uh, Wall Street. Yeah. You got uh, what's his name, Van something or other from the game. You know, I mean, defense, defense. What's his? Uh, what's that movie? Yeah, defense yeah. and falling, falling down. Falling down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Disclosure. 
Yeah, disclosure. And he was wow. shooting. He was shooting Wall Street the same time he was shooting this. So he's doing half the time there, oh, and wow. half the time doing this one. Oh. And he, well, he won the Oscar for yeah. he won the Oscar, Oscar for, Wall for Wall Street. Street. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, Michael I, Douglas. I, I admire this guy who doesn't yeah. come begging for sympathy. You know. What well, I mean? the other thing is, like John was saying, okay, what what Michael Douglas did in this film, I don't know if it was him or the director, the scene like where he picks her up in the kitchen and he drags her to the bedroom and he's tripping over his, because right. his pants are stuck, right? They humanized this guy. He, they made him an everyman. That scene in the elevator where she goes up and she's giving him the, the blowjob in the elevator. The best part of that is when, when yeah. he's looking up and the elevator stops and he sees somebody walking by, right? And you just see him looking up completely eyes wide open. It's just they, they turned him into an everyman. And, and we all, you know, everybody. Kind well, of remember dies. the first scene where they met. He's eating a bagel and gets yeah. cream cheese on yeah. his nose. Yeah. So she tells him to wipe it off. That was an endearing it's thing. It's all to, the little things yeah. that, that the, the director, like the little girl getting on the phone. It's just the scene where she's pulling that the roll of those roll candy, whatever those things are. She's and he's the doing it later. And he starts eating that stuff later. Yeah. yeah I just think that that they let him off the hook. Because he got her pregnant, and it's well, like, I don't think they established no, no, that let him off the hook by killing her. That she was pregnant. The rabbit died. He didn't. He, call, he, he didn't called, kill her. He called the doctor. Yeah, he called the gynecologist. The gynecologist congratulated him. Yeah, no, he he got her pregnant. Okay, so that was a scene there. I did. I'm yeah, yeah, in the subway. Well, yep. he called. They didn't show that him on the phone, but it was exposition where he said, and he's talking to his friend there down the the. Stuart Patkin, that guy. Pankin. Pankin. I must have missed that. His, yeah. his, his he lawyer he buddy. Totally got off the hook because, you know, he, got, you know, he was fine at the end and his wife took him back. <laughs> well, I mean, ultimately, he, that's what it looked like. Yeah, it looked yeah, like they yeah. all back. I mean, so he, he totally got a pass. Well, when well he really didn't deserve it. I think it was also kind of cowardly that they let the wife kill her. Yeah. You get the satisfaction of, you know, for those who want to see him kill her no that's what made her. it no i totally no, no, disagree but then, no but that you know it's the a wife cheap, back it's and her cheap. husband yeah it's you a, know yes of course that's the, no, that's the whole, no. whole that whole ending stuff here's here's where i feel the wife protecting her family it wasn't about right. she's fighting for her family she's fighting for her family yeah her i love this flawed her husband is flawed yeah but you look at that oh, now they do that check off her love for her her family not not just her husband. We're talking about a woman's love for her family. I know. That is cliche, so rich in It's a American rich cliche culture. is what that is. That's a cliche. What? It's That's a, a rich cliche. It's a trope. Yeah, but here's yeah. the thing. And they used it well. They, I'm not saying they were they were right. If they if if they want a successful movie, they did the right thing. Right? Yes. Yeah. If they well, want a good saying, movie, that's what it feels to me. What it a feels, woman will do for it her feels family. False. Having I totally agree with you. When I when I found out about that other ending and I and I saw what that other ending was, I was like, oh, my God, that's that's perfect. That's a good ending. It's dark and it's frustrating and it's life. Right. It's like well, that's oh. Madame Butterfly. Right. It's like she, it, she her that's last so thing. Her, she so right up to the end. She got America. <laughs> I would have I don't think I would have liked it. I probably would have hated it because I love yeah. the woman. She, you know, that was very cathartic. I'm not going to lie. I was into that. But and we as all I grow crazy people, we all are sympathetic oh, I mean, for crazy people, right? We love our crazy yeah. people. Okay. Okay. Uh, I just, <laughs> but you just I, don't mess with the family, especially a six year old. And that's where, well, but Michael Douglas put his family in jeopardy. He did. Yeah, he was the yes, one who did. put the family he in did. jeopardy. I'm not saying he didn't. Okay. I'm not saying he did, but we don't let him off the there. hook. Haven't we, haven't we all been there ready to step out, but we don't. Maybe we do. Maybe we don't. Have we ever done anything? Debbie, like that? we're going to have to have a talk after this. Well, you know the story, right? Whoa. You know why it's so- Patreon, Patreon, save it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there has never been a crazy woman in my true. house trying to kill me or my wife, so the answer is well, no. I, I got, well, I'm going to still young. Yeah, but we've got a few crazy men that you know. Mm-hmm. I Before I do my Michael happens. Douglas appreciation that I'm about to do, Drew always talks about wanting to do a podcast about how mental illness is portrayed in films. And you mentioned that Glenn Close is very, very serious about the fact that this woman was mentally ill. And that kind of gets lost in this stuff. Why don't you throw a little, I mean, what do you think about that? Well, it's not lost in the movie. In the movie, she's the monster villain. And right. she uh, you know, has been very frank about her own experience with mental illness. And she runs 
and, and supports a nonprofit about you know, taking the stigma away. She's talked about her own battles with depression, all that kind of stuff. And so she thinks that this movie does um, a disservice to uh, that, that kind of thing, the, the people that, that have those kind of problems like herself, because it says this lady's crazy. That's a monster, which is just, I mean, it, I'm not even insulted by it. It's just, it's just dumb. And I mean, the, the other problem with the movie is that it's so well made. I mean, this is a movie that got six Oscar nominations. Yeah. It was edited by Michael Kahn. Michael Kahn won Oscars for editing Raiders of the Lost Ark, Schindler's List, and Saving Private Ryan. Like, these are people who it's know a beautiful film. I what they're doing. It's well done. Adrian Lyne's movies, Love Them or Hate Them, they are, like, you know, sumptuous, beautiful, sensual movies. But uh, I, I don't know. I just, I think... I don't, I don't feel that strongly about it just because I don't like the movie very much. I understand why it was a hit. I also understand that, um, a lot of men making this movie would like this kind of ending where they essentially, uh, yeah, I cheated on you, but look what she did. She's so much worse. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you were 11. I was in my first marriage. Well, I didn't see it when I was 11. I, I, I I don't. It came out. I saw it in 87. So. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it later and I, I don't remember. I mean, I didn't think my reaction wasn't in these terms or in, in this language or anything, but I remember thinking, well, that ending was, was dumb. Yeah. It, it was just turned into like a monster horror movie yeah, thing. It, and I didn't, yeah. I at didn't the time, like that. I didn't think it was I, dumb I, at all. Okay. About mental illness. Oh, Chris. I sympathize with mental, <laughs> mental Whoa, Joe. illness because we have family members <laughs> that are mentally ill. <laughs> okay. We do. I mean, everybody does. Yeah. And every everybody knows a mentally ill person. You sure do. And God bless them. You well, know, so you we hope they get help, but don't mess with six year olds. No, I understand. Uh, That's where you're gonna get no, that. Right. Oh my God! Listen, the 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 acid on the car, the the cut in the bunny's throat. Yes, obviously. Some things don't. You know, that's that just set up the whole, you know, when she gets shot, she deserved to get shot at that point. I just think or institutionalized. OK, let that happen. Yeah. In our society. Deal yeah. with that. Huh? Now, uh, how about perms? Did it bring perms out? Did people start getting perms because of that? I know I did. People were already, getting, were already perms. getting perms earlier. This the was 80s. the end of the 80s. What do you think? Oh, yeah, this was 87. People were getting perms. 87 yeah. was the year of the hairband. Are you kidding? Yeah. yeah. That was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I can smell the chemicals. Yeah. I didn't think that, you know, Stuart. What's his name? John Pat. And his girlfriend there. I've seen her in a lot of stuff. His yeah. wife or whatever. I just didn't believe that they were really friends with those two. There was something phony about that thing. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I want to do, before we talk about anything else, a little appreciation for Michael Douglas's run around that time, okay? This is all within that same 1987 to 1994. Fatal Attraction, Wall Street, Black Rain, War of the Roses, Basic Instinct, Falling Down, and Disclosure. I mean, talk about a run with a guy. But this is the one that kicked it off. Because prior Uh, to that, he did Romancing the Stone, uh, The China Mm -hmm. Syndrome, and Star Chamber. So, yeah. and he was 40 years old and he wasn't known as an actor as Street much as he was known for a producer. Yeah. yeah. Well, he started in, remember, Streets of San Francisco. Yes. Right. But he produced Cuckoo's Nest. This is Cuckoo's the one Nets, that yeah. put him in the next. No, I agree. Listen, and then one was better known as a producer. I think they did. Yeah, he was. One flew over yeah. the Cuckoo's Nest. I mean, and it's, all, you're right. It started the run, but yeah. Wall Street was the same year and that's yeah. what he won the Oscar for. And I just find him, especially during this time and disclosure is another one that I really, it's not a great movie, but I actually love it. There's something just, that's so in its time with all the internet stuff they were doing and the, and his oh, same thing, you know, where he gets in a, he gets in a relationship. Yeah. It's like a good book. The, back, the book Not is a good book. The Kaminsky, uh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. I haven't watched that. I heard he's good in that. His acting ability in the Kaminsky method. Yeah. Yeah. He is fantastic. He's a fantastic, yeah. no, I, I, I fantastic totally actor. He's a fantastic actor. And he's in your Cambrilabra movie. You love so much. Oh, yeah. I love him. He's just, Ooh, la, la. Ooh, la, la. but he added a lot of stuff and to this movie. Uh, because it. he, he looked at it through the producer's eyes too. You brought That's that what up I was, was going to say. Yeah. There's he, quite a few things like you brought up the thing where uh, he's carrying her off the sink to the bedroom. Well, it was his idea to get the pants caught around the ankles where he kind of had a waddle. Yeah. Because he wanted to put some humor that into he did, that. He totally scene. did that. That's yeah. what he did with that. There's the also a scene scenes. where she cuts her wrists and um, he goes into the bathroom to get some bandages. And he wanted to know is the bed post or there's a post in the apartment. Is the post in the shot? And the cameraman said yes. 
So as he's going to the bathroom, he grabs the post to turn the corner quickly. And when his hand comes away, there's a bloody palm print on the post from her blood. So that was his idea from a producer standpoint. And, and again, the ending, changing the ending was his idea because he said, look, this movie doesn't work if you stick with this ending. And, well, and look, he, who, look who his dad was, Kirk Dunn. Well, uh, uh, of course. I mean, really? Yeah, course. but he was on his own. Like, like we were like, saying, he, really he produced... Kirk, I'm sure. He you well, know? he and um, he was partners with uh, Danny DeVito too. I think. I think he yeah. had business with him. Yeah. So he you know, he's been producing for a while. But yeah. yeah, and he had to convince Glenn Close to do that. And I think she wrote. She I read it somewhere where she wrote to somebody and said, "You better, you should just do it." Oh, William Hurt. William Hurt said, "Just do it." And you know, since that, she's got ear ear infections, eye infection. She oh yeah, know, from the tub scene. She didn't know she was pregnant at the time. She's doing that tub scene, so she was flipping out that maybe she hurt yeah. the baby through that. So there's a lot of backstory with that. Well, that one. Okay, now the the when she's in the tub and she's yeah. drowning, and there's a one oxygen bubble. How oh. did they? That was reality. Yeah, there was no CGI in that stuff. No. That was oh my God! Can you imagine? Like, yeah, okay, you're laying in the tub. Well, and they also, Adrian Lyne does uh, all kinds of takes. So she was getting dumped in the, that's why she got the sinus infection. She was dumping in the tub, you know, 15 takes. And they couldn't put nose plugs in. uh, So water kept going up her nose. That's why she got the sinus infection. She had contacts on though, uh, but. The white contacts. Yeah, but she was, I mean, listen, again, she didn't want that ending, but she was all in on it. I mean, she, there's nothing held and, and back. The, and she's known for this for the rest of her life. Yeah. And, all, and, and it everything. changed her tra- the trajectory of her career because yeah. nobody saw her in a role like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, she, she she's gotten lead, some she's gotten some attention in, in Jagged Edge, I think. Yeah, Jagged Edge was, was, that was after James. this. Yeah. That was no, after that was before this. Was it before? Jagged Edge was 85, I think. It was? Jeff I thought Bridget. it was after mm-hmm. this. I thought she did Garp and one other one before this. No. She was in the natural. Right. She natural. was in some other stuff, but yeah, she was think of the role. Natural, she was. The Jagged Edge was probably closer not not really closer to this, but uh I mean Garp and Natural was nothing like this. I mean right. this right. was Well she's a I mean she's an excellent actress. She is. And, and that was her point. Great work. That was her point in wanting to try at least audition for this. Because she wanted to prove no one sees me in this, but I know that I can do it. And she nailed it right from the beginning. Yes. It's, yeah, it's look, an amazing she was, performance. She was Michael Chiklis's opponent in a whole season of the show, The Shield, when they brought in a couple oh, of different characters. Oh, right. He opposed right. him one season, Forrest Whitaker another season. She's yeah. just uh, just incredible. And she did well, damages. But this, this is the damages, one. Damages, yeah, great, yeah. great show. Right, you're right. She did Jagged Edge in 85, right? But yeah. you were but, talking but about... Was, you were talking about Michael Douglas and I mean, nineties Michael true. Douglas with basic instinct and, um, the American president and likable the in that game. One. Yeah. yeah. I mean, those are, those are all great, but my, my favorite, um, my favorite performance of his whole career, uh, which is a, as a character that is both intensely likable and, and also make, makes terrible decisions is uh wonder boys the movie that he did with robert downey jr and katie holmes directed by curtis hansen that's maybe one of the most underseen movies for reasons i don't understand yeah i've never seen it it's michael douglas it's the guy who did la confidential it's just a fantastic movie it's a great movie it's about a guy it's about a guy who um is reaping what he's sown but what he's sown is the real consequences of things like infidelity not leading to to murder and break-ins but like i you know i got my boss's wife pregnant which is francis mcdormand like what do i do with these types of things and it's it's very real and considering that the guy is hollywood royalty and you know i mean was was an oscar-winning producer before he was you know even a, a big movie star and he is so real and human and relatable is toby mcguire really in that yeah toby mcguire's in that and um it was overshadowed that was overshadowed for him that year because he was in traffic um, which was a big movie that was also you know bad, but um, <laughs> yeah, 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 I didn't like that movie. My, oh, my I totally yeah. disagree. Traffic, traffic is not traffic is every every cartoonish thing that you could do in that movie. Yeah. Soderbergh did, which is really disappointing because it, it was him. But Michael Douglas, I mean, this movie again, it's so well done. It's got such incredible performances. It's got wonderful people. You're not surprised to see the people in this movie are still working thirty plus years later and still doing good work. I just wow. didn't like the movie. I like that he did the sequel to Romancing the Stone, and he did uh, Ghost in the Darkness with Val Kilmer. Right. 
played yeah. that guy. He was great. And, you know, I mean, Basic Instinct is the similar tone kind of movie to this, except that it, it, well, it acts like that tone the whole movie. Yeah, so well, he was I, way it, more aggressive in that film. I mean, well, but I mean, the whole the whole movie, like Catherine Trammell is 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 she a monster? Is she being yeah. framed? Like, what's going on? But the whole thing is so lurid, and this is, I, I mean, in some ways, more realistic about having an affair and and dealing with that, all that kind of stuff. And then it turned into that lurid stuff, and that's where it lost me. Like I've said, yeah, that scene where Glenn Close is um, listening to Madame Butterfly and turning the light on and off. <gasps> Oh my God! Oh and my and, God. and they're and they're bowling. The way he intercut it between, and he did the same thing oh. with the bunny, with the yes, girl. Very oh, yeah. yeah. You talk about the editor. The editor did a great job because the way they cut the scene of the bunny being discovered was just just really good. But that Madame, Madame Butterfly with the light going on and off, and I think that was her choice. But God, it was really good. Here's yeah. a little bunny, a little bunny tidbit. The bunny, uh, they had three bunnies, and none of them were gutted. So uh, they had the bunny in the boiler thing. And as Ann Archer went to grab it, the bunny exploded. And <laughs> the sap went off, the bunny went everywhere, uh, and they ended up having to get a gutted rabbit for that scene. But it exploded. Oh, my God. Imagine that. We're going right up to it. Oh, my God. Horror movie inside of a horror movie. Exactly. Yeah, we're all done with the and she was super cute. I mean, you know, Ann Archer. Oh, Ann Archer? Oh, oh the bunny? Yeah. The bunny Ann. was cute, yeah, too. The exploding bunny. I know the yeah, little girl. That's awesome. Yeah, that little girl beautiful. ended up playing the girl in uh, Christmas Vacation, so I loved her in that, too. But uh, Oh, my God. I didn't know that. That's, that's the little did? girl with the long hair that's, you know. That's Uncle the same Clark. girl? Yeah. Oh I didn't know that. Yeah. She looked yeah. very much like a little boy in here. Yeah, she wasn't that, the hairstyle wasn't that the Wasn't that the Tenet episode? Yeah, you guys must have missed that one. I'll tell you, uh, I thought Ann Archer, the way when Michael Douglas admitted the affair, the way Ann Archer played that scene seemed to me like like a real reaction to something like that happening. Because once she understood what was happening, she goes, why would you do that? You know, that I thought that was I thought. Okay, so, you know, in that scene where they're they're fighting and the little girl comes over. Yeah, I I know. Pulling the unicorn. Yeah, Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas is screaming off camera. I'm going to take that unicorn unicorn. away. I'm going to take that. (laughs) By the way, that little girl still has that unicorn. Yeah, the the actress has that. I love that. Michael Douglas, I think, said after that, well, we had to do what we had to do. You know, he's a producer. You (laughs) you got to do what's right for the movie. He goes up, gives her a hug. The girl's blowing her eyes out. So. All right. Well, that was a good one. I thought. Oh, one thing oh, about that little oh. child that played that. I, I just yep. got to say this one. Kudos to that little girl. When she is so upset and she she holds her throat. That really she, was like unbelievable. All, all the scenes where she's climbing up, answering the phone and playing the piano and eating that that ribbon candy, whatever that was, the roll candy. I just thought she was just super cute. And I mean, I played it way up. Every time he came home, she runs down the hall. And Daddy. did anyone notice that the babysitter was, uh, what's her name from 30 Rock? I think that was her. The, uh, the, J- Jan- the, the blonde that, um, oh, always- um, Jink, um, Jane Krakowski? Yeah, I think that was her. <gasps> oh, oh my gosh, I know her aunt. I worked with her aunt. Look at that. Ding, ding, oh, ding. What? Hey, but I no. think it was her. I think it was her. <laughs> My my my. I'm not one hundred percent sure. She was a blood banker with me. Oh. And she always was bragging about her her niece. Nice. I don't blood think you should throw that out there if you can't confirm. And she I mean, would come over to our house. Do I need to confirm before we get off? Our fans demand it. Right? It was. Call, uh, it Ralph. was Jane Krakowski. Thank Boom. you, Wojo. Confirm yes. that. Wojo comes through. Consider her aunt used to play the saxophone in our basement. She was nineteen. All right, we need to be we need to be accurate scientifically, like Doctor Hank Pym. Oh, Oh, Pym particles! Another Michael. Oh, we're gonna start Michael Douglas. Pym particles. Did anyone recognize the guy in the library, the African American guy? Because he looked really familiar to me, and it wasn't he wasn't listed in the credits. It's I'll funny send you, you say that. I'll send you a link to IMDb. You can look that sort of stuff up. No, no, cool. no. Yeah. I, I don't like, like to look there. at the IMDb too much before this. Because then it's like we just. You mean the guy that's just rolling the books He's while yeah. they're talking in the back? Yeah. really familiar. Yeah. I couldn't think of who he was, though. Interesting. All right. Well, let's rate this puppy. What? Let's rate this puppy. Sean and Debbie. Yippee ki yay. Yippee ki yay. Love this film. I'm going to give it a thumbs up, even though I felt. It's not a thumbs up. It's a yippee ki yay. I'm going to give it three barrels. I'm going to give it yippee-ki-yay. All right. Wojo and Brad? Two and a half stars. (laughs) I hate all of you. You know that, right? (laughs) 
Thank God we only do this every two weeks now. Is that it? I'll, give it, I'll give it a yippee ki yay, I guess. Not 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 a, not an enthusiast. I'll get it. I'll give it a yippee ki. Oh, okay, John. Yippee ki yay yippee ki yay. I apologize for the switch, but whatever. No, it's okay. I, I enjoyed both movies. <laughs> it caught us just before we were going to watch the Warriors. Actually, yeah, we were about to watch it like twice. God forbid you watch two we'll films. Watch well, no, it was the eight no. hours of. Uh, I would have been pretty ticked off. I got a pretty Not busy life. Movie. You guys got research. stuff to do. It's amazing how quick you everybody can't just gets sit around off. watching all these Michael movies Beck. for the podcast. Drew, what do you got? I don't know if I want to watch this movie again or Tenet. I'll really have to think. About it. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, anyway, this, was better than, this was better than Tenet. Please, Kaine. I say Yippee Kaye. I I uh I can't believe how much I like this film. And part of it has to do with the filmmaking. I just thought it was beautiful, Butter. and knowing that the no sets that really is impressive. Um, yeah, and Tenet, they crashed a real airplane. So I get where you're coming from. Yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> and the, and, and the Warriors, that was the really Coney Island. Were amazing. amazing. Is that Coney Island in the Warriors? I think it was. Yeah, yeah Coney Island. actually Coney Island. So. That's where they ended up? Yeah. All right. Can so you for the, dig it? Can you, you dig, dig it? it. All right. That is a fun movie. That is a fun movie. Yeah, it would be great to watch it. Yeah, I know. You, you can watch it all you want. All right, so we'll do the Wheel of Themes. Uh, we did a million to There's a million stories in the Naked City. Okay, well there you go, gangster films. It is. Oh, I pick one. That's are ridiculous. we all picking a gangster film, or are you? Well, Joe, the way for... this works is oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> themed versions. <laughs> Ralph, don't sound like a school teacher. All right, you just sound like a school I've been teacher dating Maria for a while, so you know. I, I, here's I, I the know thing, Ralph. You don't have to talk down to me like I'm five. If you would just make up your damn mind, just pick a format. Pick a format and we'll follow it. We will do whatever you want. Okay, you know what? This I think, format works. I think everybody. we're going to do the show every three okay, weeks. Okay, children, now. sit down. Every sit three down. weeks. Here's the way this format works. Once a quarter. I spin the wheel. Okay. It comes up, <laughs> and each one of us brings a right. film we'd like to talk about within that theme. Like we did with Saturday okay. Night Live. Same thing. The Saturday Night Live theme. Yeah, that's right. Saturday Night Live. And then I'll bring Donnie Brasco. That's right. And then when we post it, we go to the website and we like it. That's the other thing we do website i liked it you can't Not even a website youtube <laughs> uh you liked it tonight when i told you to go like it oh my god so, okay what'd you call me by the way what was that condescending condescending i am very condescending i'm not sure i'm a snothead but i'm definitely condescending for sure he didn't mansplain did he no so gangster <laughs> films i think we can pull a few of those off right gangster films oh my god please I, we oh. bring five M- Jimmy Cagney. Uh, 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 okay. Bogart. Oh, uh, you know what? It says gangster films only in color. Oh. I choose not to participate. Uh, I choose not to participate. I'm bringing Johnny Dangerous. not that big. See, that's uh, so many. So many. All right. Well, there you go. Everybody have a nice two weeks. Bugsy Malone with Scott Baio. Yeah, that'll no. Be, yeah, that'll be a good one. What What was the one they did with all kids? Was that Bugsy that's Malone? That's the one. That was Bugsy Malone. And uh, isn't Jody Foster in that yeah, one too? With yeah, with marshmallow, marshmallow machine guns. <laughs> yeah. That's a how about part. um? How about Eastern Promises? Easily the oh, best oh, 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 naked oh. bathhouse. No, that's knife a fight shower ever. scene theme. That's a shower yeah, that's scene. A, theme. That's, that's a different that's, one. That's, okay, that's, that's gonna go on the wheel. That's a good film. Yeah, it's a great film. They're making a sequel. A good fellow. Oh, they are making. Let's sure. not forget yeah. the Long Good Friday. That's a good Mike one too. Oh, you're bringing them all up. This is why eats a great one. What's the other one? Uh, Cronenberg did the the two guys. The history the of violence. The craze. The craze. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. No, he didn't do that one, but um, he did a history of violence, which is about a a guy who may be hiding from the mob or not. That's we a good know. William Hurt based on a graphic too. novel. No. Who well, directed the is. craze? That wasn't um. No, I don't. Think no, I'm, I'm thinking of the other. Guy. I'm thinking of the other. The Twin Doctors. What's that? Some one? like it hot. Oh that's well, a good Dead one. Ringers yeah. is a great that's movie, it. but not that's a gangster movie. Cronenberg. All right, so listen, everybody has two weeks, so there's no complaining about not being able to pick a film, right? Right. The complaint yeah. is just, about trying to, to get one film, and, and just know oh. that some like it hot. Okay. I think we may know Debbie's choice. Is that a gangster film? Yeah, it is. 
Oh, my God. Spats? The mob's all through that movie. Yeah. Come on. I have it. I haven't watched Raft? it. <clears throat> oh, it's got the greatest, got the greatest last line in movie history, though. Of oh. course it does. Yeah. That I is, love that line. So The craze is uh, by Peter Medak. Nobody's perfect. Not David Cronenberg. Okay, perfect. thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you for that. All right, everybody. Have a good couple of weeks. Yes. And uh, hey. bring some gangster films, and let's uh, let's talk about We had Donnie Brasco, Subscribe. so we can't do Subscribe. that. Subscribe. Hit the like button. Yeah. Hit the <laughs> notification button. And be sure second. to like. Definitely hit the like button. Watch the Warriors. <laughs> Stream quest, and. <laughs> And uh, movie strange show. Yeah, but don't watch. Cue it up. No, oh. I am going to cue it up. Oh. oh, thank you. Okay. We love. We good. That is one we of Debbie's favorites. You want to? Uh, uh, you want to take this out with a with a warrior's banging on the glass? No. I wish I had little ponies so I could really do it right. All I have is plastic. Warriors come out to play. I love that scene. All right, improvised. Totally improvised.